0: This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co and i 100% recommend one skin not only does it make my skin feel act and appear younger but friends that i haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking what are you doing to your skin it is that good and i also love their expanding line On a day-to-day basis, I use One Skin Prep to wash my face, then I apply their OS1 Eye topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. Imagine having a bra that you actually want to wear. And maybe this seems inconceivable if you don't already own a bra by today's sponsor, Honey Love, which has transformed the bra game. With Honey Love, say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love is so comfortable, you may even forget that you're wearing it. Now is the time to spring clean your bra drawer. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com/birthful. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com/birthful. Now, currently, I have been very partial to my Honey Love Silhouette bra. It is super soft and it has these really lovely 3D printed velvet details that actually add support, and I can even crisscross the straps in the back. Also, like all of Honey Love's bras, it features supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. I can tell you, I'm never in a rush to take it off plus Honey Love also has incredibly comfortable shapewear, matching underwear, tanks and leggings for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com/birthful. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off at honeylove.com/birthful. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them Birthful sent you. Treat yourself to honey love. Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada.
1: I had my daughter. I had three midwives. I had my doctor. I had his registrar. I had a student observer. I had the head of neonatal medicine. I had the two pediatricians in there at the end. That was Emma Parnell talking about the amount of people that congregated in her
0: labor room for the planned breech vaginal birth of her twins. Some were there for support, some were there as a precaution, but most of all, they were there to bear witness to her birthing power during, frankly, circumstances that are so unusual. Very few, if any, had ever seen a planned vaginal breech birth. Make sure you stay on to the end of the episode for my two things to do, one for you, one for the rest of us. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. So welcome, Emma. I am so thrilled to have you here and really looking forward to hearing your story and everything that it's such a roller coaster. But before we do that, can you tell me a bit about yourself and how you identify?
1: Sure. I'm a Sydney-based mum of three young children. I've got a four-year-old son and two-year-old boy-girl twins. Um, I work in the health regulation sector, so my job involves assessing applications for registration for all health-related disciplines um, across Australia. Um, Yeah, so I'm busy juggling that with being a mum. I'm also very passionate about living a healthy plant-based lifestyle, and I've been vegan for about 24 years now. Um, I've had two healthy vegan pregnancies in that time, including my twin pregnancy.
0: And so we're going to be talking today about your birth of the the twins that are now two, but let's take you back to three years ago when you were pregnant. Um, how was that
1: pregnancy? Um, well, it was actually pretty awful. Um, the whole pregnancy, I was very, I had hyperemesis gravidarum, which um, is very severe pregnancy sickness. So, you know, it basically means you're non-stop vomiting um, I couldn't like I had to stop working I uh, couldn't really get out of bed I couldn't even shower without you know um, holding on to the shower I couldn't I don't think I even washed my hair for about four months I ended up in ICU for a week and ended up fracturing a rib from all the vomiting so done.
0: Um, You're, you fractured a rib from
1: the vomiting. It was that intense. Yeah, and that it content. was that intense. I, was, I must have been vomiting, you know, like 20, 30 times a day, every single day for about the first five or six months. And that, um, that is a very severe yeah. case of Yeah. 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 Did, it, did it let up at any point? It did. After about the first, I'd say, probably five and a half months, I started to feel a little better. And I could actually start keeping a bit of food and water down after that. Um, I could start sort of going out for walks again and slowly start, you know, to get back into exercise in the gym. But then it sort of, it did come back a little bit later in the pregnancy where I, and that's when I went into hospital.
0: Well, and and if that wasn't enough, then you were also having these surprises of first finding out that you were having twins, Mm.
1: right? Because that was a Mm. surprise. That was a huge surprise because there's no twins in my family um, and, you know, the pregnancy itself wasn't even planned. So to find out that not only was I having one baby, but two was just, I was in shock. I couldn't speak for you know, a couple of days after I found out, I don't think. And usually, I mean, you're
0: going through all this, the, the sickness and, the, and throwing up during the first five months and then mm. you get a chance to enjoy your pregnancy a little bit and connect a little bit more with your twins when in mm. that process did your care providers start being concerned about the fact that they were breech
1: well I I actually started with um a different obstetrician to the one I ended up with in the end the obstetrician I had initially um He was great I had him for my first birth and he was very supportive of all my choices um you know I wanted to have a natural birth and no drugs and all that sort of stuff and I wanted to exercise through my pregnancy and he'd been very supportive of all my choices then so I kind of thought like I kind of thought he would be supportive of my choices to have a natural birth with the twins as well but unfortunately that wasn't the case it just seems that way that you know as soon as Your care provider finds out you're having twins. Everything becomes high risk. You know, all these sorts of interventions are discussed. Um, You're not given a lot of choices or a lot of options. And that's what I found with him. So I ended up looking around and getting second opinions. And so that's how I ended up with the second obstetrician, who actually happened to be a breech birth specialist. Obviously, I think it was around the 32, 33 week mark both the babies were still breech and that's when everyone sort of started getting a bit concerned and telling me, you know, I'd probably need to have a C-section. I think it's just a blanket rule with obstetricians. Well, the vast majority of obstetricians and care providers is once, you know, you're having twins, you know, most obstetricians will say you need to have an epidural. Um, There's a high chance you'll need to have a C-section um, so all these kind of rules are laid out, and you're not really given any choice. Like I was pretty adamant with my first obstetrician that I I wanted a completely natural birth. I didn't want to use any sort of pain relief or drugs or epidural or anything like that. So I found a I guess a more women centred um, obstetrician who was happy to listen to my concerns and you know he was willing to support a, a drug free birth with twins. So he's been practicing breech birth for many, many years, uh, even before I saw him. It turns out that my my doula I, I had a doula for my pregnancy and birth as well, and she actually was a twin mum herself, and she actually delivered her twins through him. So that just made me feel a lot more confident and like I was in you know the best hands.
0: Yeah, I imagine, and so. Things aligned for you very well in the sense that that was the obstetrician that you decided on and was the perfect fit for your wishes with your babies being breached. But were
1: you trying to, like, when did you find out that they were breached and were you trying to do things to turn them? Oh my gosh, I tried everything. I think like I, like I Googled, you know, how to turn babies a hundred different times. I did, um, I think I did all the spinning babies techniques um every single day after I found out there were breach. I I you know I did Cairo, I did acupuncture, I, I did headstands in the pool. I think I even um did the whole, you know, ice on the belly and music playing at my crotch thing. Um but yeah, nothing nothing worked. And I think with twins it's it's harder to once they get to a certain point because there's not much room for them to turn. So um that's what I found. They were just stuck in that position and they just would not budge. <laughs> so
0: so after doing all those things, trying to churn your babies, at what point did it get to be like, okay, this is it. It's just going to be breach, and let's focus on that.
1: Honestly, it was probably right at the last minute, like right up until we waited, I think, until about 37 weeks, which is like, you know, I mean, that's considered full term with twins. And most twins are born, you know, around that stage or just after so my doctor sort of wanted me to have them by about 38 weeks so yeah I was quite devastated at 37 weeks when I found out that I was both still breech <laughs> mm-hmm. it was um yeah it was I think I, I burst into tears in front of the doctor and all the midwives and that's when my doctor said you know it is still possible to have a natural birth if both babies are breech.
0: That sounds very comforting of um and and confidence building right which is because that's not usual the res- usually the response that people receive. No,
1: no, definitely not. I was actually surprised. And even knowing that he was a breech special- specialist, I was surprised to hear that from him because it's very, very uncommon to have to to give birth to two breech babies um, naturally. That's something we also had to consider was the exact position, you know, the type of breach that the babies were in. Uh, because I know if, if twin A, my little boy, the first twin who came out was, a, a footling breech, you know, I would have definitely needed a C-section because there's a risk of him, you know, getting the the cord, you know, trapped around his feet when he's coming out, that sort of thing. So um, luckily he was in the uh, frank breech positions, which means his bum is sort of facing down um, and his legs are up. Um, so luckily, yeah, he was in that position and he, he was able to come out bum first, bottom first.
0: So, and you said your provider was very adamant that at 38 weeks, you would have to have the babies and it's at week 37. What was that week like? It was,
1: yeah, I was very nervous. I think that, you know, the whole week I sort of had this feeling of like, you know, there may be an emergency C-section like looming above me, um, just not knowing if the baby might move his foot and get into slightly the wrong position. And then I'd have to have a C-section, just a lot of, you know, a lot of unknowns and a lot of anxiety about it all really. And also the, um, the fact that my doctor was adamant that I, I should have them at 38 weeks and no later with twins is like a higher risk of having a a stillbirth if they're born after 38 weeks. So he was yeah, he was quite adamant about that. All that was sort of playing on my mind that last week. Mm. So So
0: did you have to go in for an induction or how did all it all start?
1: Literally the day before the 38 week mark, um I had a stretch and sweep and the doctor was sort of hopeful that that would get things started. Um so I stayed in hospital that night overnight just in case you know labor did start. Um but if that wasn't successful I I knew that the next day I would be having them you know no matter how it happened like if I was to have a medical induction or whatever happened it, they'd be born that next day. So yeah so let's explain <laughs> a stretch and
0: sweep for listeners mm-hmm. if they're not quite sure what that is. So it's the yeah. uh, sweeping of the membranes and what that means mm-hmm. is the they sort of, you have to be a little bit dilated and they insert fingers, gloved fingers and sort of sweep their fingers around the inlet of the cervix, right? Of the, where it connects with the amniotic sac and it's kind of separating that a little bit is what the sweep Mm. is. Um, And in that stretching, it might, some practitioners might do a little bit of, you know, messing with the cervix to try to stretch it others might just do the sweep itself but that's the membrane Mm -hmm. sweep yeah so that was done the night before the 30th week and you were in hospital and ready one way or the other then what happened yeah
1: yeah Yeah, so I I woke up um the next morning and they took me down to the birthing suite and So, you know, the doctor asked me how I was feeling and I said, you know, I've been having some sort of period-like cramps, which was apparently a good sign um, that I was going into labor fairly soon. Um, He then uh, ruptured my membrane. So it's where they get this, it's like almost like a little like hook thing. Like it sounds scary, but it's not. It's it's like a plastic crochet hook. Yeah. It's kind
0: kind of longer, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he used that to rupture my membranes um, and once that happened you know um, I, I basically went into labor straight away like that kickstarted started all my um, contractions and everything so everything kind of went really quickly after that point. Did you
0: know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A I R D O C T O R P R O. Dot .com so dot com, and use the promo code birthful. Hey mighty one, as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood, now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of Home Threads. At Home Threads, you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality, from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby friendly storage, as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house. Home Threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value. I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at home threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid-century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds Home Threads has waiting for you. Go to HomeThreads.com slash birthfull and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of HomeThreads.com slash birthfull to get your discount. HomeThreads love where you live. So how did things go in terms of what were you doing to work through contractions, through manage that, mm-hmm. that the sensations, the intensity? Because you said it did, it, it was a quite a fast labor.
1: Well, I mean, fast, I guess from start to finish, it was around six, six and a half hours. So I don't know if that's considered fast or not, but it was definitely quicker than my, my first baby. I was in labor for 36 hours. So compared to that, it was definitely, you know, a lot quicker. Um, And the contractions came on a lot faster and a lot more strongly, you know, a lot quicker than my first birth had as well. Before having my first baby, I'd done um, an active birth skills course. It's basically you use different techniques to sort of distract yourself from the pain, different, um, you know, visualizing, um, using your breath, um, using stress balls, you know, doing squats, um, all these different things you can do to distract yourself from the pain. And it's about as well realizing that labor pain it's different from the type of pain you'd have if you say you broke your arm it's like healthy pain so it's kind of like you know saying that over and over in in your head well that's what I did you know that was kind of my mantra was you know healthy pain and focusing on my breath and my stress balls so I had these two stress balls one in each hand and I literally I squeezed those so hard um by the end of the labor I had yellow ink on my hands from where the where it had rubbed off from the balls so I as I mentioned before I had a doula so um she uh she sort of knew where to you know the right spots on my back to massage through the contraction so that I found that very helpful and yeah I mean that was basically it I didn't use any um pain relief for any medical um you know no epidural or guests guess, or anything like that yeah. to manage the pain. It was all just, yeah, it was all just basically distraction techniques, I guess.
0: Yeah. And considering mm. it was moving quite fast, six hours, I would say is fast. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, from start to finish, six hours seems, yeah, like a good, yeah a, a very good amount. Um, yeah. How did you know it was time to push and how did things change or did they change at all in terms of how the providers were taking care of you or guiding you
1: yeah well initially it was um it was just my midwives there with me um and they just kind of basically left me alone as the labor progressed more and more people sort of popped into the room I had uh you know the head of neonatal medicine come in to check on me while I was on the floor I remember her and I remember going oh, how much longer and she's like oh not that much longer during the pushing stage I had a packed room I had a lot of people in there I mean with twins you, you always have more people anyway because you always have the two pediatricians one for each baby but yeah I had uh, I had people knocking on the door wanting to come in and like watch the birth happen to people who, who you know just wanted to see a double breach birth I guess um so I had yeah I had my daughter I had three midwives I had my doctor I had his registrar I had a student observer I had the head of neonatal medicine I had the two um uh, pediatricians in there at the end. So, and a partridge yeah. in a pear it's... tree. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I counted about
0: 12 people
1: there. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. That was a lot of people.
0: <laughs> and so, because it did such a unique position of having twins and having twins that are a breach, can you walk us through a little bit more how that pushing went, what that looked like in terms mm. of, you know, very few people get to mm. hear. Just how twins are delivered, so mm-hmm. you know, baby A's, and 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 just the fact that they call them baby A and baby B. A is the one yeah. that's further down or is going to come yeah. first. Um, yeah, and so baby A, their amniotic sac was broken because that's that at the beginning of that's how yeah. labor start, got started.
1: Yeah. So my doctor, being a breech guru, you know, he um suggested the birthing stool, which is, I think, it's like. preferred way to at least for baby a to get um the first twin out so um it basically it's it's kind of like a i don't know how to describe it really it's kind of like a seat but without the actual seat part so it's kind of just there to support you while you kind of kind of stand or almost squat there i guess so it's about letting gravity do its work as well so gravity sort of helps pull the baby out as well as you're pushing The doctors had to sort of coach me when to push, the doctor and the midwives. I never really felt the urge to push. I think it was about maybe seven or eight pushes to get him, like really strong pushes to get him out. Breach birth is, I guess, a a very hands-off birth. So the doctor didn't actually touch the baby until I'd pushed him basically all the way out. So he was kind of like his little body was dangling there (laughs) um, while his head was kind of still stuck in and just kind of at the last minute as his head's coming out the doctor um, stuck his uh, finger in the baby's mouth just to pull his chin down so his head didn't get stuck it's very hands-off breech birth so you really have to push to get that baby out there's no there's no one helping you at the other end and I I think at one stage I said can you just pull this baby out of me and he's like no no just keep pushing and he was very very calm and you know very comforting to have that you know because I was quite panicking a little bit you know just pull this baby out of me but um you know he's very reassuring and good at coaching me through what to do
0: and so once baby came out how long was it before they cut the cord did he go
1: to you yeah to to be honest that bit's a little bit of a blur I, I know like they did leave the uh the cord to sort of to pulsate a little bit but then there's also you know the kind of urgency to get the second baby out so they can't I mean they do delay cord clamping as much as possible but there's also you know the need to get the second baby out so they can't they probably didn't do it for as long as I would have liked but yes they they cut the cord after a few minutes and the baby came up to me initially and then uh, like while the baby was on me the doctor was checking me to see you know where baby twin B um, was and and her position and then like when the the pushing stage came for her to come out, the first twin went onto his dad. He took the baby on his chest, while I sort of moved up onto the hospital bed and got ready to push the second baby out. And did they so, want you on on the hospital bed? They did. They wanted me on the bed just in case I needed. Because um, I think twin twin B is uh, the complicated. Well, not complicated, but there can be complications in terms of, you know, the baby getting into an awkward position. Once the first baby's come out, it it's got a lot more room in there. It can turn into a different position. Um, It might need some manual manipulation. So I think they want to be on the hospital bed just in case any any sort of intervention needed to happen. Um, Which luckily it didn't. Yeah, the doctor checked the position and she was ready to come out the same same way the first baby had. So she was also bottom first. So the doctor broke the uh, amniotic sac for the second baby, and then uh, it was just the, the basically the same process as the first baby, like I was coached to push, when to push. Uh, you know I really, really had to push a lot um with like use all my strength to push to get the second baby out as well. Um, and there was no urge to push. it was just all coached pushing. and uh, sh- I think she took about four or five pushes to get out. So I'd pushed her all the way out again, you know I, I had to push her completely. Just about all the way out until, and then he stuck her his finger in her mouth to pull her chin down a bit, so that her head didn't get stuck. And then she just like popped out completely after that. So yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. I've got um, videos of, of my both the twins being born, and it's it's quite amazing to watch them back and how it all happened. It's yeah, and and what the doctor was saying to his registrar, you know, guiding him through what to do and stuff. It's, I can. Imagine. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um did she come up straight to your chest? She someplace? did. Yeah, so the, they they put me straight uh, put her straight on my chest. Um and that was that that was a really special moment. Like I I felt so relieved, like that was the best feeling ever. I was just so relieved, so happy that it had all gone, you know, perfectly. It was like a textbook breech birth and both the babies were happy like the, uh, happy and healthy they didn't need any medical aid or intervention or anything like that that um you know so I was just I was over the mean when they they came out and it was all over like the, there was no no more stress about worrying you know possibly needing a c-section or you know there's none of those worries anymore so it was yeah it was a very good feeling when she was finally out and on my chest yay mm.
0: and yeah. um did they did, did you get both of that how was breastfeeding how did
1: that mm. dad- Go. Yeah, so I, I, they both went up, like when, she, you know, she came up for a little bit of a feed and then they brought um, my little boy twin over and so the, I was just feeding them both together. They both took to breastfeeding really, really well. So they both no problems with latching or, or sucking or anything like that. So uh, that was another good thing. because so I, I had been worried about that through the pregnancy, you know, whether or not I'd be able to breastfeed twins, you know, given how sick I was and... Um, you know breastfeeding twins itself is quite taxing. You know, you, you need quite a big milk supply and um, but yeah I had no no trouble whatsoever breastfeeding. And um, that's wonderful. Oh yeah, goodness. I breastfed them right up until just before they turned two. And I, I recovered very quickly from the birth. And that was one one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have a you know a natural birth was just recovery. I could have Probably gone for a jog I think half an hour after I'd given birth like I just felt so good and you know it just sort of made me more, feel more confident in in my choices and in you know listening to my own gut feelings about things and in what my body was capable of yeah I, like I felt amazing after it was all over what would you say was the hardest part of it all Emma oh gosh well definitely the pregnancy and the the sickness I can't tell you how like I thought I was dying every single day like it was yeah, that was probably the worst experience of my entire life. I think that that pregnancy sickness, and then you know, obviously finding out that the babies were both breech and having to stress about how the birth would pan out and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that, I guess the entire pregnancy. I would say. Oh, I, usually, it's when I ask that question,
0: is the other way around. People say, "Oh, oh the the labor and the, you know the transition oh, and all no. the oh my
1: gosh." No, that was that was all a piece of cake. I would take that, you know, ten times over <laughs> and having the the whole pregnancy again. I think that's like by far the worst. Yeah, the worst part for me was the pregnancy.
0: Was the sickness all gone? The throwing up after the babies were born, like, did it go oh, away immediately?
1: Immediately, immediately after, like, I felt I felt so much better and I wanted to eat again. I like I barely ate anything the whole pregnancy. I lost a lot of weight. I became anemic. Um, But as soon as the babies were born, I just wanted to start eating again. So, and I needed to, because, you know, breastfeeding twins, you need to keep up your strength and you need to, you know, constantly be eating and drinking to, you know, produce all the milk that you need to. So, What
0: would you say to listeners out there um, that are pregnant and Mm. maybe facing a breach or not, maybe facing Mm. twins
1: or not? I would say don't be afraid to get a second opinion if, you know, you're not happy with what your care provider is is telling you you know if they're not giving you options if there's you know anything that you're not sure about like don't be afraid to get a second opinion or a third opinion or fourth opinion until you are completely comfortable with the advice you're getting and the care that you're being given that would definitely be my advice you know I know I did a lot of research and having um, an obstetrician who is a professor as well you know gave me access to all the sort of all the research on reach birth and you know having twins and all that stuff so you know do your research as well you know don't do your research read up read up as much as you can and um talk to as many people talk to other you know parents who've been through similar things don't join different groups and you know ask questions
0: That was the amazing Emma Purnell sharing her twin breech birth story. I hope your main takeaway from this conversation is that the work you do during pregnancy to set up an experienced and supportive birth team that values shared decision-making is key to how your birth experience will unfold. One thing you can do for you is to watch the documentary Heads Up, The Disappearing Art of Vaginal Breach Delivery, and you can search for it at realhouse.org, and that's real as in R-E-E-L. And then the one thing you can do for the rest of us is to support the efforts of Breach Without Borders, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to breach training, education, and advocacy. On their website, they even have a sample letter to help you advocate for breach options in your community. Go to breachwithoutborders.org to learn more. Mighty Ones, we want to know more about you, so we've created a survey. Go to birthful.com slash survey, and as a bonus for filling it out, you'll be automatically entered to win a $100 Amex gift card. Tell us what you think at birthful.com slash survey. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of Lantigua La Williams & Co. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco. Virginia Lora is the managing producer. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Kojin Tashiro mixed this episode. Thank you for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. And come back next week for more.